Okay, I'll stop that. Oh, but it was fun. <laughs>and you're listening to nevertheless she podcasted a show where nothing is off the table a podcast about uh stuff and there's no pressure here just some fancy coffee but not today because kaylee says today's too hot for coffee as you can see we've definitely settled on taglines we're a very professional podcast <laughs> i like to just say all the possible taglines <laughs> That's fair. We'll just have like three every week. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. So this isn't necessarily going to be our regular format or our regular sound quality. Um, This is part of our soft release uh, during quarantine. Yes. So if you don't know us, Nicole and Kaylee, we are friends. (laughs) We met in college about five years ago. Yes, I know. That's we're so old. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy thinking about like our friendship. Okay, we won't go down that. We're getting really, really deep, but just about us on this first episode. (laughs) Um, So we originally thought about making this podcast, um, you know, after we graduated from college and all of that, and just remembered the important times that we bonded in school those times when we were just sitting there and going through tangents and just talking about nothing and everything and we were like how do we bottle that (laughs) it was it was definitely a combination of that and then also um we had an awesome opportunity when we were in school where we were just surrounded by a bunch of really cool people who were just like low-key changing the world um and we wanted a place where we could also like spotlight them and do that um obviously that's not part of our soft release because it's hard enough to get the two of us on zoom so we're not going to try and get a third party into play until we figure this part out um but that's coming so (laughs) um yeah do you want to talk about how we settled on nevertheless she podcasted um yes it was (laughs) kind of a joke (laughs) at first like we were we had yeah we kept going back and forth on titles we were using what's that online like app to the one that we fell yeah we were using like different like generators and the generator spit out the tangent project which we fell in love with and then we realized somebody else is using that name for i think a band it's not entirely clear but somebody else has it so we weren't going to be copycats (laughs) and we went through every variation of every name ever and we had coffee for like six hours where we tried to come up with a name, couldn't. And then as soon as we left, Nicole was like, what about Nevertheless She Podcasted? And I'm like, that's funny and clever and relevant and good. So, so here we are. Um, yeah. Yes, we are. We are women and we are persisting. And so, Nevertheless She Podcasted. And podcasting. <laughs> oh, man. It feels um, super perfect for right now, though. Like, the world is falling apart. Okay. We're in a pandemic, but here we are podcasting. <laughs> this is an idea that was um, really, like, officially conceived in February of 2019. And it's currently July of 2020. <laughs> um, no, I'm going there. And yeah. so we really hit our traction this, like, last, like, winter to spring. And we were, like, in really good shape to, like actually make this happen and right as we were really kind of hitting our stride um <laughs> covid hit <laughs> so we yeah how dare how dare covid um and so we kind of put it off for a while we kind of tried to find a way to record we weren't really happy with how social dis- socially distant recording works but um the world continued to be on fire and we felt like we had things that were worth discussing even while the world was on fire so we're putting up with unfortunate sound quality and we hope that you will too (laughs) 
my phone's on. I need to put it on silent. Duolingo is really upset that I'm not taking my Navajo lesson right now. So, <laughs> ooh, I'm interested in this. It's okay. It's way underdeveloped. We can talk about that another time. <laughs> <There we> <laughs> on the next um, episode, <laughs> where we'll come up with more taglines. Yeah. Nicole, um, what is it that you wanted to talk about today? Yeah. So, again, if you don't know, Kaylee and I. Um, mm -hmm. We met at a, a Christ-centered university in Portland, Oregon, and where I got my degree in Christian ministry, well, where we both got degrees in Christian ministry. Um, and, and a I, minor in theater. Boom. <laughs> All the money-making degrees. Yes. Um, I have since gone off and become a pastor of a United Methodist Church denomination I knew nothing about before this. So, um, <laughs> yes, and um, Kaylee is also a part of a church in the Portland metro areas. Is it? Yeah, I, don't um, I am. What's metro area? It, it, it is. Okay. I, I would I would count it. I'd count it. Okay, um, yeah. It's close. Um, yeah, no, I am serving at a free Methodist church, which is different from a United Methodist church um, in several ways, but nobody else knows that except for people in those denominations. Um, and and uh, as well as pursuing a, an alongside counseling business with that. And so that's, that is my form of ministry is both church and counseling all in one little, I almost said spring roll because that's what I imagined wrapping what? them up in. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just my spring roll career. Anyway, uh, <laughs> buckle up, friends. We're ready for this. <laughs> well, with that, but yes. Said, yes. Um, we've been kind of talking about the ways that we have. Um, watched our ch specific churches and also other churches where you know know of in our area i'm um, watching how they're kind of handling um the pandemic the covid the covid the covid <laughs> yes how they're handling the covid um but also how they're handling um the recent um death of George Floyd and um, the Black Lives Matter movement and really talking about uh, social justice and racial justice um, and things like that. And so we were like, let's talk about this. In those yeah, um, let's talk about this. Hope you're ready for that for however long this goes. Um, no, uh, whenever hugely monumental things like this happen, um, good and bad events. It's always interesting to watch how churches, especially in urban settings, react. And this has felt like, um, this this particular chapter of history has felt like the stakes are so incredibly high. Um, and it's one of the biggest responses from churches that I've seen both positively and negatively. Um, somebody good friend of mine was like I've, we're just like learning a lot about everyone's like actual opinions and true nature and so yeah that's very true so um yeah uh in our church specifically uh our church's pastor my church specifically i say our as in my um our church is pastored by a couple that um it feels relevant to mention that they are white and they are parents to seven children, two biological and that's how math works, five adopted. Um, and two of, two of their adopted sons are black and they have felt so very called to respond differently this time. They've never ignored when things like this happened and they've never not fallen on the side of like, justice for people of color who are wrongfully murdered but their response this time has been so much stronger and it's been such a huge part of what we've talked about and how Jesus is the God of the oppressed um and how just you know how we as Christians collectively big capital C church not little 
see church um has not responded well to this in the past and just it's been so interesting to watch how that unfolds because we've lost a couple of families in our church due to their disagreement um which has been incredibly difficult and it is so and i've been so impressed with our pastors throughout this because it's so easy i think when people start leaving your church to be like back up are we doing something wrong but like they're acknowledging that it's hard and it sucks and if we're losing people for that reason at least we're losing people for the right reasons um which has been an incredibly mature and difficult thing to watch you know yeah <clears throat> sorry i had to clear my throat okay drinking water there we go <laughs> nicole you are the pastor of your church so how's yeah, like that manifesting that? differently for you <laughs> um yeah so i am a part of i am one of the pastors at my church and um i pastor there with my husband and some details on us i am black and puerto rican and he is white and um yeah we have only been pastoring there for about a year well it was (laughs) at the beginning of july it had been a year um so i mean we've really been just trying to get things off the ground when like covid hit and all of that and we've had to go online and all of that stuff uh so we were originally brought into the church to start to change the culture of the church um it's a mainly all-white congregation with um, most of our members being 70 and older and so from the beginning i've been pretty nervous about um, entering that space as a female pastor and entering that space as a woman of color and like you just got all up in there and mixed it all up like also you're young young. yeah (laughs) (laughs) also i'm young so that's uh just you know lots of strikes against me i think one of the first things someone said when they heard that i was going to be a pastor there they were like how can i get wisdom from a 25 year old oh my gosh um that just activated everything in me and i just about yelled <laughs> Ooh, okay um, yeah Ooh, so fine <laughs> that's kind of like the beginning and the first time i preached uh someone left the church saying that you weren't supposed to talk about race and you weren't supposed to talk about politics on stage um as far as me talking about race on stage i was sharing information about my family which i guess was a no um how dare you truly <laughs> politics i did mention our president but in terms of the importance of how we are leaders um i don't think i said something crazy but i guess i'll do it um to that one person who left <clears throat> with all of that said we come now <laughs> to um what's happening in our world in our country and i've in our city in our city and i've been hesitant on how i wanted to respond um, knowing that I want to address everything going on and have deep conversations, but also knowing um, the main audience that we have in our church. Um, they needed some some background, some uh, easing into things in a way for them to fully understand and listen. Um, yeah. So... I started with just sharing my personal experience. So after George Floyd died, um, I just was very honest and told uh, church that I was weary and had been and am very weary for someone in their 20s. And that's a generational thing because of the trauma that goes through generations with um, black Americans, with indigenous peoples. like that's something that passes on and it's a weariness that's very deep rooted um Mm -hmm. and i was just feeling it so strongly after george floyd died because um with covid happening i already was thinking like when the world is it going to take for people to really care for those on the margins um what will it really take for people 
in leadership positions in our country to do the right thing that will actually help us because there was this moment I mean I think the moment still kind of exists of if the right choices are made we could be better off as a country when all of this is over but so far those choices yeah. haven't been made um but I was already in that mind frame when I saw the video of George Floyd being murdered and I one of my first thoughts was like I don't think anything's going to change. Like, we're literally watching a man be murdered and have a knee on his neck for, like, nine minutes. Like, this was... I don't know another video of a black... unarmed black man being killed by the police that was this specific. Like, there's kind of no way for someone to debate it though people are trying um but i still was like i don't think this is enough because people just seem not to care about anything and so mm -hmm. that weariness had already been happening um and so i was just really honest with our congregation about that and honest about even though i'm so weary why i'm still speaking out about it because of my family um i have a nephew and he's black and he's one years old, and he is so adorable, and full he of He is, I've seen pictures, so yes. cute. And he laughs about every, I don't know what he's so happy about all the time. I... All the joy in the world just shoved into one little child, like. I mean, really. Um, but I know that as he gets older, um, people are gonna stop seeing him as that like cute, adorable little boy, and they're gonna start seeing him as a threat. Um, yeah, and so that is really terrifying to me, and, yeah. um, I also just, I, someone's calling me, um, anyway, I also, Sorry. um, no, it's all good, I also have been thinking a lot about my niece, who is 10, and I did, like, a mini interview with her, and asking her, like, what she thinks about what's happening in the world right now, and she told me, um, so she's 10, she is half white, and she told me that she used to think of black people that aren't in her family as, like, gang members. And she said that's just what she always saw on TV um, for a while. She lived with her parents and her white grandparents, and so she wasn't around anyone who was black besides, like, my family. And so she was telling me, like, that's just what she what she thought of um, people with darker skin and wow. um, yeah so I'm just we have been talking with our congregation about okay what legacy are we leaving I mean y'all are old that's mm -hmm. a fact what legacy are you interested in leaving for generations to follow because yeah. these are the people that are on my mind and I care about and I know that the world we have now isn't sufficient for them so what are we gonna do um and we've had a kind of a great um i went on a really long tangent but that's what we do here I no that's, that's literally the premise of this so <laughs> right <laughs> um, but we've had a great response um yeah how yeah, has we... your congregation been like have they been responding well to all of this? Yeah, overall, there's... I ask like we haven't talked about this. This is for you guys, oh, not for me. <laughs> um, but overall, they've been, like, really responsive. Um, my husband did a sermon um, about himself and his privilege and the ways that he has been um, complicit to uh, racial injustice and mm -hmm. also just kind of named himself as a recovering racist which is a term that's very scary to a lot of people because no one wants to be labeled a racist right but, it carries it carries a lot yeah. of weight yeah totally and so but there are i think a um release of power when mm -hmm. um white people are able to identify um ways that they've um I guess benefited from racism absolutely and in in that moment that's what he did he was um recognizing that and um after doing that some people in our church 
talked to him and were telling him like, hey, I realize I have these biases. And that was like a big deal um, for these older... Especially for a congregation of like people in their 70s and up. Like that's, I mean, that's, it's huge. Absolutely. Um, But with that um, also came a letter in the mail addressed to me from... Specifically just you? Yep, just to me. Said Pastor Nicole. Awesome. That's that's always good news. Yes. And I read the letter, and it was a um, very heartbreaking story of one of our members who had uh, experienced a um, situation of violence on them in the 1940s-ish. And this experience there... A white person and they were attacked by black men and they didn't understand why that happened they never really talked about it with anyone and mm-hmm. it was really tragic and sad that they have gone this long that's something that happened in the 40s and they're just now saying something about it like and naming that this is a thing that happened to them mm-hmm. but they weren't doing it in a process to heal. They were doing it to say, I'm a white person, black people attack me because I'm white, to discredit um, the experiences of black people in America. And so that's what the letter was focused on. I'm assuming, because they didn't actually say what their objective was, the last line, was the only reason I can think this happened to me was because I'm white, all in capital letters, and that was that was the end of it. Um, and that kind of threw me through a loop a little bit, trying to understand, mm-hmm. like, I don't think this person is alone in their feelings about this within our church, but I think they've become the most vocal about it and since we're not mm-hmm. in person I don't have the same um, I can't see the, the responses exactly unless someone specifically is reaching out um, right so yeah I still haven't responded to that because one of my biggest things is I'm trying to be a good pastor but I'm also trying to protect myself right now um, absolutely yeah so I'm, yeah. I'm trying to figure I, all that out that's a lot um, I think you also brought up an interesting point in that which is all of this that is happening is not happening during a normal chapter of church history either um, as we mentioned earlier like we're in the middle of a pandemic and your church is responding appropriately in the way that you are doing services online um, and that's an excellent point that all that the only responses that you can read off of are not body language or um you know murmuring in the pews (laughs) which is the the title of my autobiography by the way Um, (laughs) (laughs) um but like for people to react in a way that's tangible to you they have to actually reach out in a comment and email like contacting you specifically which is so interesting to think about now how that's that's not how we normally do things I mean that is how we normally do things but we'd normally do things that way and also like I mean you and I have both preached we can tell when someone doesn't agree with stuff that we're saying during our sermon (laughs) um and that's that's that is a thing that we've lost in this time um man that's a lot yeah, and I wonder how many people aren't sending messages, aren't saying something, and they're just slipping out of the community silently. Um, Taylor and I joked that this is, Taylor's my spouse, um, and we joked that um, this is like the best time to secretly ditch a church because no one would know. Um, <laughs> and not that not that you should be ditching churches, but if you were going to, now it's going to be like the time that has the least, like, resistance I guess um Mm -hmm. in in traditional senses at least yeah um 
goodness. I am, my heart has a lot of feelings about that story. Trauma is a nasty thing. Um, and it, it manifests in some unfortunate ways. I am also encouraged by the fact that like, I mentioned that there's been negative responses in my churches, but also the overwhelming response has been a lot of like pride in the fact that our pastors are tackling this as a subject and, you know, bringing God's heart to light. And and for the most part, your church has responded positively as well to all of this. That's not the case everywhere in the Portland metro area. (laughs) Um, I've got some news, friend. I... From my sources, we are now an investigative journalist. We are not. <laughs> nope, we are not. I was going to make a joke about us being investigative journalists, but also that comes with a lot of responsibilities that I am not ready to hold. No, I don't want that. Nope. We're a gossip um, podcast. We're a gossip <laughs> podcast. That's a little more real. It's just spilling the tea on church drama. Um. <laughs> oh my gosh, that could be our tagline. Spilling the tea on church drama. Even though oh we're drinking my coffee. Oh wait, no, I'm drinking coffee. You're too hot for coffee. I'm drinking I'm drinking <laughs> too warm for coffee. I'm drinking an energy drink. Um I'm also gonna take this moment that we've broke tension to mention if anyone heard a horrible hacking noise earlier. My roommate has a geriatric dog and that's what that was. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if anyone heard it, but if they did, it was a dog. I, I thought it was a human being. Okay, though. shoot. Well, I'm going to, you know, just clip this and put it at the beginning. Um, (laughs) um, Right, no, there is a church locally that the pastor, um, who was once very well well respected by his congregation, um, expressed that he felt that God was putting current events on his heart and he felt compelled to talk about how black lives matter and that is an issue of god's heart and not an issue but that's another word for issue but not like I, right like I, that's a, a that's a value yep. <laughs> it's a value of god's heart like you know um and began talking about police brutality began talking about george floyd began talking about how black lives matter and they ran him out of the church like um he is no longer the <laughs> i imagine them with like torches and pitchforks um i'm pretty sure that enough people complained that the board wow. requested he resign that's that's how drama in churches usually actually goes down isn't a very official like we're not telling you you're fired but you probably shouldn't keep being here yeah um <laughs> what's that town that jesus jesus was in and they like a mob like ran him uh, and then he was just like nah oh, and just walked through the crowd and was like do not know. test my bible trivia <laughs> in front of a bunch of people after you and i were like we have christian ministry degrees what's funny is i asked it in that question because i don't know the answer i just remember the story so i was like i do i do as well up. this happened <laughs> Yes, and, and I don't remember. Um, off the top of my head. He's speaking some knowledge. People got upset. They like were ready to stone him. Yeah. And I mean, I mean that's that's the entirety of Jesus's story is yeah. spoke the truth got crucified. So um yeah, but they I mean they ran him out of his church. He wow. is no longer the pastor of that church, which has like led to some interesting discussions about how like discernment and how it is not a perfect process in churches um because because there will there will be times when a pastor says i feel that god's put it on my heart that this is what i need to address in my sermons and then the congregation can respond god has put it on our heart that we don't like you anymore (laughs) and so like and it's so it's so difficult to to be in in secular communities, this is obviously not the same issue, but like in Christian communities, when someone talks about like, God's really put it on my heart that I need to talk about this. That's a hard thing to argue mm-hmm. unless you're like, no, he didn't because he said this to me and God wouldn't give us conflicting information. I'm like dancing in my aggressive way. Um, yeah. But I just am proud of that pastor and I want to find him and give him a job i don't have a church to give him a job at i would like to though um i don't want a church i take 
all of that back except for the part where I said I support the pastor. Um, <laughs> I would but yeah, no. and so interview it's, him. Can we? That's a great idea. I've got connections. Let's well, hey, there we go. That's our first Zoom guest. Oh, man, can you imagine? <laughs> Look at this. We could have a real thing going. Um, we could interview him. No, I'm, I am too. I okay, bet I could track serious. him down. We're serious. <laughs> we're serious. This is we're serious. Oh, man. Um, it was this kind of energy that brought this thing into creation. So, like, uh-huh. it can also bring people into conversation. Can I also say... Um, um... <clears throat> Sorry, man. I gotta keep clearing my throat. You're gonna love You're the good. sounds of. <laughs> I'm not in my, you know, I'm not in my recording closet. So we're hearing lots of lots of noises today from me too. So you, <laughs> it's both of us. I've got weird reverberation yeah. happening. But um, boop, okay. Tell them, boop, boop, boop. Who's talking to you? Tell them stop it. Stop it, you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, I've got headphones. Okay. So you were talking about your autobiography being uh, mm-hmm. Murmurs in the Pews? Murmurs in the Pews. Yeah, I've ima- I'm imagining like the cover and it's just empty pews, but then the like, you know those covers that like go all the way onto the back as well? Mm-hmm. The back is you sitting alone in the pews. Oh man, am I the murmur in the pews? Maybe. Or am I the one being murmured at? I don't know. That's you know, the question. rules change throughout life. And then you open the book, you know, the flap that talks about what the book's about. Those are the questions you're asking at the uh-huh. beginning. Oh my we gosh. We don't know until we read it. There we go. Anyway, all that to say, <laughs> it's been all that to say. And like, that's, and that's just covering, that's just covering communities that have even responded to this. Cause I know for a fact that there are a lot of communities in this area who are, pretending that this isn't happening yeah yeah and so we're the like um i've seen some people give a vague written response on their church website mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. or on their social media but then everything else they do is like nothing's going on um which is yeah a like weird tension that I'm also seeing with businesses and everywhere S- people want to put out some kind of statement and I think part of it is if we don't say mm-hmm. something then we're losing people we're losing money we're losing these something if we don't at least acknowledge it is how I'm yeah seeing a lot of places respond and that is difficult for me because that's I feel like isn't being truthful and I would rather, if a place isn't actually going to address it and actually have conversations on it, I'd rather they just said nothing than, like, try to kind of mm. fit in by saying some vague thing. We support people. Like, you know, we support I... people. <laughs> I, there was a TikTok that was going around on Facebook. Um, I just thought about how many generations I touched with those two platforms um and they were it was like this joke about how like graphic design fixes racism you take a white hand and a black hand and you put them together now they're holding hands and graphic design fixes racism and it was so I mean it was funny because it was topical (laughs) it was not funny because it was actually funny but like and that's that's how I've seen so many places respond and that's where like I've so many people (laughs) older church people have responded to all of this with the song jesus loves the little children that all the children oh. of the world red and yellow black and white oh. they are precious in his sight oh. yeah and i'm like sure okay oh. but also like <laughs> and also like can we not <laughs> can we be better and so but i mean and it's it's done it is done with the best of intentions mm-hmm. and i think that that's something where it's like i don't know how to communicate what actually needs to happen here (laughs) so yeah that's something that i've noticed with our older congregation is um they haven't uh like all the terms that they use and their idea of justice and being inclusive it all comes from like the 90s or before Mm -hmm. like their language they use and things like that and they think that songs like that are inclusive because it's stating these different people groups 
but using the racist terms for <laughs> many of those groups. Like, so, but they haven't. When was the last it. time that you heard someone refer to a certain, like, group of humans as yellow? Like, oh. we don't do that anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, but, like, <laughs> sorry. It's, they haven't, almost in the way that, like, I see a lot of. Christians haven't expanded their um, knowledge on the Bible past like Sunday school when they were children mm -hmm. and they've just kind of moved mm -hmm. on with these same basic thoughts on Bible stories instead of like really yeah. looking into the context of it now that they're older that's how I feel like a lot of older generations who like want to do good in like justice work they haven't done any work with expanding their knowledge on the last 20, 30, 40 years. And yeah. so that's something we're trying to work with our older congregation is like, yes, you have the right motivation, spirit, spirit, intention, whatever. We're going to, mm -hmm. we're going to bring you up to date some though. Um, that's super awesome. I think that... I think that when churches are like, what is our responsibility in this time? I think that churches that are quick to do so can make a huge impact by providing their congregations with that like right spirit and like drive mm -hmm. um, with better tools <laughs> than Jesus loves the little children. Um, and so, oh man. Yeah, absolutely. I think... So, like, kudos to you as a church leader. <laughs> kudos. For, kudos for, like, the, do you remember the, like, brownies with, like, the M&Ms in them? Those were called kudos bars. Oh, gosh, yeah. Those were so good. I'm they so probably weren't. <laughs> they probably were not. Any, that's not what we're here to talk about. From one moment. They were so good. They probably weren't. Like, you switched so quickly. It's... <laughs> good friend of mine and I were talking about kid cuisine this week. Oh, right. Yeah, and we talked about how it was really so unfortunately designed because like it was all good, but you had to heat it up, including the puddings, then you had warm pudding. Oh, yeah. And that was disgusting. Why would they do yeah. that? Warm Friends, pudding. this is the vast way of information that we're going to cover. We're going to... Yeah. You want to know about kids cuisine? We got you. You want to we know have it in the literal same the... sentence that we are talking equipping churches to like combat <laughs> racism. Oh my goodness. Can I tell yeah. you, kids cuisine, I don't know if I ever, I think I had it like once, but I wanted it so bad as a child. And my It mom was a was like, big no. treat. It was a huge treat. And like, that's a, it was not that good. It was definitely the novelty of it all. It, yeah. One of those like little tray meals where you've got all of the little sections and like my family didn't have money growing no. up. And so, like, that was, like, a huge treat. And it was never actually good, but I was so happy when we got it. Yeah. And I think just the idea that it was something for me. Oh, yeah. It just felt so special. Like, absolutely, oh, this is mine. Like, Listen, little penguin mascot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you created this for me. For me, yeah. I feel that so too. Like, that kind of advertising was so important. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Now let's it's... talk about the black community. Let's make something <laughs> Let's make something for us. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's wait, no, cuz that's when that's when older generations are like, so what we need is the kid cuisine. Yes. <laughs> for race. Like what? that's immediately so rife with like bad ideas. <laughs> I'm just thinking about this like I know, give yourself food. two seconds to think of stereotype. I was just saying yeah, like, stereotype food tray. that just ends up. And they like put the, they like put Aunt Jemima and different like racist mascots on there. Because it's my headphones because I couldn't handle it. Uncle Ben, oh. like everybody, they like put them on the box. You know, syrup and rice, the, the oh. forever delicious combination. That's horrifying <laughs> and incorrect. To be clear, we do not condone the idea no, of don't this. Do this. 
<laughs> we know you're thinking about this is how we solve it. Somewhere, someone in your congregation just scribbled that idea out on a piece of paper. <laughs> and they're like, oh, so no, no. Let me okay, oops. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, goodness. That reminds me of the show Community that Kaylee <laughs> knows I've been re-obsessed with in the recent It's a treasure. Because of... Um, you know, pandemic, and they put it on Netflix, so, anyway. The show is about community college, and in the show, I'm not going to explain the whole thing, but there is um, this episode about creating a mascot for the school, but they want to be so inclusive, and Mm -hmm. they're trying really hard to make a good mascot for the school. They don't want to put a white person as Mm -hmm. a mascot. They don't want, like, certain animals because they want to be inclusive to all animals. Like, they're just really struggling, and so they make the creepiest mascot ever. Greendale human being. (laughs) Yes, it's a human being, but it's this person in this weird white bodysuit. Those, like, white spandex suits that cover your entire literal entire body with a drawn on sharpie smiley face yes because they don't want to show any terrifying specific like features on a person because Mm -hmm. they don't want to lean any direction and in the creation of trying to make this they become so (laughs) racist and stereotype like they have this room full of like all these different cut out pictures of different people of various races and like it's just Sometimes I feel like that's what people are doing. That's an excellent... I, On an unrelated note, I once bought my dad for his birthday a Greendale human being shirt, and he can't wear it out of the house because it scares children. Um, <laughs> I can do that for Halloween. <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be so scary. Please do it. Um, yeah, no. And so I, I, think that, I think that that's a really, a really good point that that right intention but like wrong execution or not less than perfect execution (laughs) and so yeah for sure oh man also it's important to note like it's so important to listen to communities of color because what do people of color actually want and need and are asking for Mm -hmm. because there's so many distractions out there yeah like well let's give them kids cuisine and not actually what do what are people asking for and i think um and specifically focusing on black communities Mm -hmm. um, i think that we are asking for conversation is a big thing and i think that's a a space that churches can step into but we're also asking for a lot of reform um, absolutely policies and things like that within like right now the big topic is within police forces um, mm-hmm. how do we change those so that they are actually serving all communities and a, a safe um yeah a safe force i don't know police whatever you call them right 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 um, no just like serving communities in a safe manner um and mm-hmm. finding finding um oh man I'm trying to think of I don't even want to say ways to use non-lethal force because a lot of things are considered non-lethal that have the potential potential to be lethal but just I think I think a focus on de-escalation over force that's I think where my brain is going at least Mm -hmm. but yeah no how are we reallocating funds to take care of what the actual problems are before we get to criminal justice things absolutely how are we having social works workers funded so they're dealing with different social work issues and mental health issues and things like that so that's not even on the radar Mm -hmm. um so i mean those are like specific things that um black community we're talking about and trying to address right now but people are getting distracted and they are changing their band names and they are um just writing black lives matter on the street which cool that's great yes what are the it's not great in place of a thank you better bigger thing right yeah which have you heard about the band lady 
Antebellum, Annabellum. Yes, I have. Changing their name to Lady A, which is the name of an already existing musician. Yeah, so good old country music group, Lady Annabellum. Antebellum, yes. Antebellum. See, this is a name, a word. I didn't even know what it was. Many people didn't. But after having this name for many years, they did some research and found out, oops, that could be racist. Let's change <laughs> This it. has some not awesome connotations. Yes. So they've changed it to Lady A, which is the name of an, a black musician um, who has been musician using that name for like over 20 years mm-hmm. and they without doing research on that they decided they were going to take that name and then they tried to ask her if they could use the name and she was like okay pay me like 10 million dollars for it which right. isn't that much if you think of the scheme of how long they'll be using this name mm-hmm. how much money they've already made off of like being musicians all of this like she's right they're, they're successful there musicians now. they're not Thank some you. backyard like garage band like exactly. um they lady antebellum was like no we're gonna now sue you for your name like they're <laughs> they were like let's let's change our name to um support black people and we'll just you know sue black musicians in the process that makes oh sense. God. It's just so missing the point. It's all missing the point. And it's a oh, distraction. Yeah. And I just, I'm just not interested in those forms of distractions. Tangents and distractions within our conversation, let's go. But I'm not interested Talking in about this. kid cuisine in the midst of, you know, yeah. racial violence. Absolutely. Yeah, but <laughs> we also aren't going to miss what's right. the real points we're trying yeah. to get at. But everyone else. I mean, not everyone else, but many people. Everyone else, for the only ones who have it. No, but in in several cases, you are absolutely correct. It's distractions catch them on the way. And what started as good intentions end up becoming more harmful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Someone's trying to save my plants. They're dying. Save them. Thank you, friend. Um, I'm not watering them enough. Kaylee. I'm killing them actively. Okay. Kaylee. <laughs> um, anyway, yes. You can save plants that are underwater. I know. It's almost impossible to save plants that are overwatered, so there's hope. There is. There definitely is. I usually, when I water, I'm like, in like two hours, they've parked right back up. See? And it's hard to overwater them because it's mostly mint out there, so. There you go. They're good. Anyway. Yeah. Feel like that's a good place for us to wrap up today yeah i i think in our next few episodes here yeah this is something we want to expand on and talk more about and um yeah i think right now our minds and hearts are really focused on um how us as christians and Mm -hmm. um, people of faith because I think it's important to say it in those terms because while we are talking from our experience and our um, faith identity I think that the overall topic of how people of faith can um, support communities of color and how they can discuss and address what's happening in the world right now is wider than the Christian faith Absolutely. Yes, I think absolutely. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. You did. You were completely yes. articulate. And I think there's, well, um, all communities, um, even if they aren't faith communities, are finding ways to um, address um, Black Lives Matter and address mm-hmm. like current um, topics of what's happening. I think there's a uniqueness in faith communities to um, have a response right now and um, uh, yeah a uniqueness in groups like ours to do something different so absolutely yes that's kind of where my mind is lately I think yeah. that's 
kind of where Kaylee's at here too. No, totally. I think that we are simultaneously in one hand holding a lot of like really big and important issues that we're not about to ignore. Um, but I think our other, the other hand holds a lot of like light and life and Got one hand and another hand, and we put them together. <laughs> Graphic that, design fixes racism. Uh, and that's I didn't really mean it. to circle back, but we did. <laughs> we totally circled back on that. Do anyway. Oh, wow. Um, thank you so much for sticking through us with all of this. Um, this is a continual learning process for us, obviously. Um, and we really, really appreciate that. Is there anything else you want to say before I wrap us up? Um, sorry if you heard my stomach growling. I'm kind of hungry. It is lunchtime, friends. It is lunchtime. All right. (laughs) Yeah, so we gotta go eat. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time today. Um, if you like what you've heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at NTL She Podcasted and on Facebook under our full name. If you'd like to know more about us or how this project came to be, check out our website at www.nevertheletshepodcasted.com. Please do because it was really expensive. Please. We are currently 100% listener supported. And if you'd like to join us in that endeavor, you can find us on Patreon. As always, we appreciate you for supporting us and stay safe out there, friends. Peace. <laughs>